This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate. Then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com and join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vile Files Bachelorette Recap Edition. We're talking fantasy suites. Allie and Amanda are with me, and the one, the only, Kathy Kelly returns. I'm here. So good to have you. Halfway through your book, actually. <laughs> I, I've read half of it, and it's, what do you think? it's great. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Got some good analogies in there. Some good the, food analogies. <laughs> some good food analogies. <laughs> Try to make it basic. Yeah, they have the hard copy. Pre-order is available. I'm not going to give you the hard sell on the Bachelorette episodes. But if you want to pre-order it, I really think it's good. And for my critics out there, if you want to like hate read it and try to, you know. Buy a copy to burn. Yeah, it's fine. I really <laughs> think you'll be annoyingly surprised. It's available. Link in bio. It's a big deal. Congrats on writing yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I actually wrote it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no ghostwriter. That's impressive. I had a what they call a book doctor who helped oh. me like organize. <laughs> An editor, yeah. Yeah, no, like to, I wrote it. To actually and then take I the time the pages, to edit that. And then we helped, because I wrote it in sections. You know, I talked about like situationships and then I talked about it this. It goes chapter by chapter, yeah. yeah. And then afterwards it was like, it was like putting a puzzle together. And they helped me with like the organization of the book. I was like, I got all these pages. But it's it's literally like talking to you. It's it's like getting advice as if you were there. So. Yeah. So you liked it? Mm -hmm. It was good? Yes. Wasn't a total waste of your time? No. Okay. I enjoyed the read. <laughs> She's clearly it. halfway through. <laughs> she would have stopped after a page. I don't know. But pre-order now. I'd really appreciate it. Everyone out there. Some anecdotal stories about my life. And uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, lots to talk about. Kathy, I'm glad you are with us for this one. Oh, my There's gosh. so much to get into. These episodes are a doozy. My brain feels melty afterwards. We finally at least <laughs> have something good to talk about, though. It's the first meaty, really meaty episode of the season, I think. Yeah. But before we do, there's some tea. I think we just burn right through it. Congratulations, Amanda Staten, for getting married. Helen Brown has a new sister-in-law. Yes, she does. Does they, she follow her on Instagram yet? They do not follow each other. She doesn't follow other. her on Instagram yet. No, and what I found interesting is in her post, she posted like a carousel of photos from the wedding. First one of, was of her of her bro and her brother. The rest were her and her uh, boyfriend, Adam. Photo, like a video of her dancing with her dad. Photos of her with her mom. None of the, of the sister-in-law. And she wasn't in the bridal party because I went and stalked the sister-in-law. Yeah. Hannah was not in the bridal party. No shit. <laughs> but I'm like, siblings? Is that not just kind of like, an, no matter what your status is, isn't that not kind of like a, si a well, hall pass? No. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, if you have space in the bridal party, like the nice thing to do is to put your partner's like yeah. siblings. Yeah. 
And my my grandma I mean, I have always 10 says, siblings, so like, but I, my grandma Joanne always says, doesn't matter if you really like them, your family's not going anywhere. Friends can come and go. Siblings are forever. Sure, sure, I totally agree with that. But <laughs> you know. I just like you feigned it like he was anti-sibling. Yeah. <laughs> just to play de- devil's advocate, I've also turned down being bridesmaid sometimes, just because like, and I I will commitment. be honest about it of like, hey, I don't have the time, and like, I don't want you to feel disappointed, you know, months into this when I'm not able to dedicate that uh, time and and commitment to mm-hmm. your wedding. Kathy's setting upfront expectations that are hard to do, Shout but like out. beneficial in it's, the long run. That's how you save your friendships. And yeah. if they don't understand that, that that's a huge, not just huge. time commitment, money commitment, like totally. a lot of yes. things. And, and, you're, and with our schedules, like you don't know what you're doing a week from now, let alone six months yeah, from now. Yeah, and you so. know that if people will say yes to being in the wedding party, mm-hmm. just they'll just say, yeah, of course, I'm honored. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's just like, well, Here's your to-do list. And it's like, I can't How many do wedding all this. parties have you been in where every single bridesmaid is complaining? I don't pay much attention to it and I still hear about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's always like one bridesmaid who doesn't want to be there at least. So many people at do least. it resentfully. Yeah. No, but it's true. It's so true. It's true. It's uh, they feel Al- guilt tripped or I the think people Ali planned a tech- whole bachelorette yeah. party, so she's like getting like PTSD <laughs> wondering who's talking shit behind her back. And next time you look at wedding photos, you can just tell. You look at the bridal party and you're like, she doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Like it's always in the eyes. She got in a fight with the bride two days ago. <laughs> so I'm fine with her not being in the wedding party. Not that my opinion matters. But I'm surprised <laughs> I'm surprised that she doesn't follow her. She doesn't follow her, and the caption of her post said I've come to realize my life is a never-ending plot twist, but it makes for a damn good, in parentheses, for sure weird story. For her brother's wedding? So Hannah Brown's congratulatory text for her brother's wedding was about Hannah Brown's story. Uh. A weird but damn good story. (laughs) It's insane to not have the bride in any photos from the post. I love it. Good team, Hannah Brown. They don't follow each other? Go off, Hannah. That is a a main character uh, caption if I've ever heard one. Yeah, (laughs) Hannah Brown is the main character of this wedding for sure. (laughs) And no one's mad. Uh, I mean, you know, what else? I'm not mad. I think it's hysterical. So sister-in-law Haley doesn't follow Hannah, but she does follow Nick Vial. She follows me? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Not sure. I haven't been particularly like <laughs> gracious. You got a loyal follower. Maybe not she, after this episode. Yeah, she, but... she wants me to switch teams. We should have her call in I've been... one week and be, and be like, hey. Why do you follow me? I'm curious. <laughs> should we have her call in? Mediation. Her and Hannah Brown. <laughs> it would make for an interesting podcast, but hmm. weird. But weird. But damn good. But damn good. <laughs> damn good. All right. Well, congratulations to uh, Hannah's brother and uh, her bride and uh, Hannah's new sister-in-law. Yeah. May there soon be a follow. Yes. Another interesting thing that's been going on, everyone's trying to predict who is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. I believe the full cast list is released on Thursday, but they're really trying to keep it under wraps and obviously rehearsals have started. So people walking into rehearsals have been given these kind of like reflective face shields to hide their uh, identity. Does not work. (laughs) But people have been able to see enough people from the side now, put things together. We've been able to see kind of a profile shot of a woman who really looks like Gabby. And so now people are like, Gabby's on the next season of Dancing with the Stars. She's even wearing the same hoop earrings. Exactly. They've been tracking You've earrings. You've seen these photos? Mm-hmm. They've been mm-hmm. tracking manicures. But another interesting thing, we're sleuthing here. And by we, I mean the internet. <laughs> she goes into rehearsal wearing leggings and this oversized navy blue sweatshirt with um, sleeves that kind of have little indentations in them. 
And in this past season of The Bachelorette, Eric is wearing that same sweatshirt <gasps> when he opens a date card and you can see the sleeves. Oh. Uh-oh. So it, people are now like, it's Eric's sweatshirt. Well, spoiler alert. Now we now know he's the only one left on the show. I mean, I, is that much of a spoiler? I guess not really. But I, I think mean, these photos were before four these days ago. Yes, yes. Right. yeah, four days ago. Well. I just think it's interesting. Like you're having a top secret relationship, and yet you're like, yeah, babe, I'll wear your sweatshirt to rehearsal. It's, it's not the most obvious sweatshirt. I'm not like it's not yeah. a tie dyed specific whatever. It's a what forest green like yeah, some like bluish random yeah. yeah i'm very thankful that people care about this show so much and, it's like and allow us to like talk about it and recap it but like it's a shirt and i don't think they're like all it's it's like know, a bank heist th- i don't think people realize time. just how like when i say people i mean like cast take for granted just how invested fans can be that's what i'm saying though where it's like every time it's like a bank heist they like plan it out they're like we're gonna find the spotify playlist that they're liking this playlist for yeah. and then like they're like okay we adding another thing to when the list they found of stuff out, you're not allowed to do when they found out about uh cassie and colton originally from venmo they were like venmo requesting yeah. each other and that was public sneaky yeah. stupid venmo should be set, go to your settings set it, it is to not private. a that's social way, media if you really want yeah. to find out if your ex is dating someone new you check their venmo it's just weird like get out of my bank account. Well, yeah. yeah, but just go to everyone should just go yeah. to Venmo instead yeah. of to private. Yeah. Like, why should I that agree. be public I information? Mean, back in our college days when you were paying your roommate or something and you wrote for sexual favors. Yeah. Just to be public. Classic. Like, that was, oh my God. So funny. Classic humor. So many people wrote that exact phrasing, <laughs> sexual favors. And, and like, they Kee-hee. thought that it was so original and funny. <laughs> Or right. be in the early 2000s. Speaking of being invested in The Bachelor, should we dive into let's, this week's let's, episode? Let's dive Ooh. in. Oh, my God. I mean, there's so much to cover. I, I, mean, I mean, we have double the content. Yeah. I feel like these episodes really validated our feelings on everything of guys saying that they're not sure if they're ready yet because they don't really know people. We don't know people. After yeah. this entire season, we're in uh, overnight dates and we don't really know anyone. I know. I mean, like, these guys are just kind of like, I'm not so sure. And they're kind of low-key being shamed for it, even though this whole season was obviously about the two bachelorettes. You know, obviously we didn't get to see a lot mm-hmm. because of limited airtime. So like dates are cut short. I mean, there's probably dates we never even got to see. Who even knows? But even from a production schedule, I bet those dates that are typically a full day might have been a half a day sometimes. Yeah. And the conversations went from being, you know, a good 10, 15 minutes to eight minutes, which sounds silly, but like in that world is half the time, you know, and you're left with less time to build a connection. So yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think it kind of definitely validated everything we've been feeling. Good looking, clean cooking with Caraway. I have their Dutch oven and it's been like sitting proudly on my stove just because it's so pretty and it just looks brand spanking new. But I'm moving, so I had to package everything up and bubble wrap it. And I took it off my stove and it's like, it doesn't matter how many times you use it, it will still look brand new. Like the inside, the outside, it like people were like, have you even touched this? And I was like, yes, it just constantly retains its beauty. I have two Caraway cooking sets. I use them every day. I I love them. They are easy to clean. Also, they're just chemical free which and is they're great smooth like non-stick non-stick yeah. and they're so pretty on your stove i will also say that natalie as you've mentioned loves to bake 
and you guys have those like tan baking trays and everything in your house is so like neutral and you have your little like wooden California, shelves yeah, and like breezy. your white couch and like, like in comes Natalie with these tan trays. I put Caraway uh, up there with the MVP of things I've been able to discover through this podcast. And you can too. If you don't have a caraway set, are you even cooking? I feel like a lot of people are getting married. It's like the year of weddings. What a great gift. A what? gift Amaz- card. Amazing wedding hands. gift. Yeah. Oh, birthday gift. Yeah. Uh, moving in gift, maybe like True. a housewarming gift. Their bake set, they had a sermon of non-toxic baking essentials every modern kitchen needs so you can get baking in no time. Carry products are made without any toxic materials like PFAs, PTFEs, PFOAs, easy cooking, easy cleaning. Over 25,000 people have raved over the Caraway Kitchen, and now it's time to try it yourself. This deal is exclusive for our listeners, so visit carawayhome.com slash V-I-A-L-L or use code V-I-A-L-L at checkout to get 10% off your next purchase. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Helix, get the best sleep of your life. I experienced the same joy that I did the other night. I went to Wells and Sarah's wedding, had to sleep in a hotel room. It was a nice hotel. It's fine mattress, but it wasn't my Helix mattress. No, it was not. Truly, my favorite part about traveling now is coming home, coming home <laughs> and getting into bed. I'm not kidding. It's always like, this is a great bed. And it's a Helix mattress, and you can have it too. Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews. So you don't have to take my word for it, but my word should be good enough. No, but seriously, Helix, it's it's, a, it's an incredible mattress. I will never sleep in another mattress again. Because other mattresses I've had where I was like, yeah, they're nice. And I really felt like they were special. There's something about a really good bed. And I've paid less for my Helix mattress than I have for other mattresses that aren't as good. And probably don't last as long. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I've had my Helix mattress for two years now. And exactly. <laughs> I just feel like other mattresses, right. even if they're super expensive, suddenly like yeah. there's like lumps and like you have to just replace kinda, it or mm. flip it. Yeah. Not with Helix. And it doesn't even matter what you do on your Helix mattress. You can really break it in and it's still brand new. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This is a not safe for work conversation. Uh, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash V-I-A-L-L. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Uh, I love how Gabby and, and Rachel kind of started off by kind of just recapping all their men, uh, talking about it. I noticed, you know how Gabby says yeah a lot? Yeah. I noticed in their, in their yeah. That, yeah, she does that. <laughs> she, not only she does she she audibly says yes, but even after she gets done talking, she'll say something and immediately start nodding it's, her head in it's agreement. It's like this nod, but her eyes are yeah. like a little bit squinchy. And she's like, yeah. yeah. Whatever. And yeah. She, she'll say something, usually... Very articulate and well thought out. Really love the things that Gabby has to say. And then she'll say it in preparation for what the person, like I'm talking to you. I'm like, hey, Kathy, you know, like this thing. And then I'll say it and immediately start agreeing with whatever you're about to say. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like very, yeah, totally. I feel like people who don't get the kinds of like validation or affirmation that they maybe like wanted or deserved earlier in life go really out of their way to provide it for others. Like I just think maybe of- that's it. I think it's very much- This is much so a- much for me to process at nine in the morning. <laughs> No, but I I would still prefer active listeners to someone that's completely dead-faced and you don't know what they're thinking or emoting or whatever. You make a good point, though. I think maybe that's what she's doing. Anyone else? Like, Clayton took a few more punches. Yeah, he did. And are we going to talk about, I mean, this is bigger picture, overarching, encompassing all the episodes. Are we going to talk about the fact that they've expressed love to multiple people? That's what I'm saying. And like, at this point, it's just like they... Clayton made mistakes. We're mm-hmm. we're not reversing course on the mistakes he made. He's 
apologized. He recognized that maybe he was insensitive for people's feelings, to people's feelings. And Gabby and Rachel certainly talked about, hey, we don't want to be the horrible person that Clayton was to us last year was kind of the sentiment. But to your point, Allie, it's like, talk about it all you want. But like the criticism I think I had, you know, because there's all these conversations like, well, you know what you signed up for, you know, it's fantasy suites. And I remember, I think I said something to the effect of like, none of that stopped Clayton at any point from sitting down with any of these women that he liked the most and said, hey, things are about to get heavy. That he liked the most. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> I, didn't, didn't, I didn't even know. I didn't even do that on purpose. But to say, hey, we're about to go into this fantasy suites. I just want to know what your expectations are. What are your expectations of me? It's not like Gabby and Rachel did that with any of their men. It seems like not that we certainly nothing that we saw. Those are not things that I feel like people are taught. People have to learn that kind of communication. I agree. But nevertheless, we were still critical of Clayton for not having done that. The way that he communicated it was very poor. Yeah. He just assumed Mm -hmm. they were on the same page as him or he didn't care. And to your point, Gabby and Rachel are talking about it, but like, and I think how do they know what these guys think about? It's interesting because they finished their season and when they were announced as Bachelorettes, they were doing all these interviews of, well, how are you going to be different and how are you going to approach this? And they made jokes of not fall in love with like everyone, da, da, da. Like they had these jokes and I totally understand that you don't know what this is until you are the lead. You mm-hmm. don't know until you've walked yeah. in those shoes. And so I'm not blaming them in any way for expressing those feelings or having feelings for multiple people because I think it's super easy to do. But I think it would have behooved them to then say, it's interesting to see it from this perspective and we can maybe better understand Clayton now that we've done this week from this side. Yes, I wanted to see a little bit more empathy. When I was, I had a lot of frustrations with Andy and Caitlin, you know, from the experience I had being a two-time runner-up. And when I was The Bachelor, I had a ton more empathy Mm -hmm. for what they had to go through. I even talked about it with Andy, like when she like popped in and on the show. I've certainly have talked about it with Caitlin offline and publicly. And like, you, yeah, you don't see any of that. And yet they are still throwing out the, I'm falling in love with you. And mm-hmm. what the fuck is the difference? I mean, I know they make it such a big fucking difference on the show. But like when you are Avon or Eric and Tino and these guys, I trust me, like it feels really fucking profound. And it is used as a tool to like, get people to advance their feelings and continue to open up. So like, I'm sorry, like Rachel is leading someone on Mm -hmm. for sure. I would be curious to, I I feel like if you were to get them in on your podcast, Rachel and Gabby would probably both say. I don't think think Rachel's coming on anymore. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) um, maybe Gabby coming on here would say that it's interesting to have that perspective now, but for them to start off one of the episodes with them sitting down and still harping over the stuff that happened last season with Clayton just felt very ill-timed. Yeah. It was just like, let's why just are we on. bringing him up when yeah. you're going to fantasy suites? Why is he still taking punches? Yeah. I do think it was like the lens of being like reminding people about like just how crazy stuff was. Cause I feel like I sometimes forget how insane that was with Clayton when he was like yelling I love you off of balconies like with all three of the so I kind of get the like it's obviously going to be on their brain and I get them wanting to like mention it in some capacity but I agree that maybe like the light of like in a very like blaming way towards Clayton as opposed to like being like this is a part of the process where it can get really freaking messy yeah now we're there I mean Clayton was way more like boastful about it and definitely a little more sloppy but I think, and it, it seems like we're all in agreement, like you can talk about it all you want, but like what they ended up doing wasn't 
all that much different. And if you're gonna like throw punches this mm-hmm. late in the season to some guy who quite frankly should just be in your rear view mirror at this yeah. point, I would think you would do it a lot differently. And you would be really empathetic to like the people you're pursuing. And you'd be very careful with your words. And the Rachel Avon date uh, triggered me. How so? It triggered me for like, for Tino, I guess. <laughs> I just assume she's with Tino. And it just seemed like such an insincere conversation on both parts. It was like, these are two people who I couldn't tell if they just like are faking it yeah. because it's like we're here and people often in the situation just say what they think they should say or they mean it and they're just don't know. It was either they, this is a really immature conversation that reminds me of two 17 year olds talking about how much they like each other. I mean, it was just like, yeah, like before they both go to college. <laughs> I really, really like you a lot. We're but growing and growing. That's and- that's what Rachel's done this entire time is she said these kind of like prepackaged lines that you feel like a bachelorette should say yeah. throughout the entire season. When we saw it in Hometowns, we saw it in the dates with Avon. And I don't really see that with Tino. Which may be your point. Yeah, I think with Tino, she feels more authentic with him. She yeah. feels like a like it looks like we're seeing this girl who legitimately has a crush on a guy yeah. versus her other relationships. When we see her talking, it almost feels like some sort of element of acting. But well, she's an obviously as a bachelorette, she's in a position of power, yeah. right? Calculated and is way too big of a calculated, term, but, but like she's almost motherly with the other guys. Yeah. It's, it feels like thought through. elegance is kind of what she's going for, first and foremost. Like, I think some yeah, bachelorettes sure. have almost like a first lady energy about them in she terms of they're like, wants, I'm yes. dignified Michelle and I'm elegant yeah. and like I'm in control and I'm poised. And I feel like Rachel is, is a bachelorette who very much like falls in that genre. For sure. I think the juxtaposition of having to share the stage with Gabby and, and Gabby being very opposite. We're very kind of authentic, raw and real. Yeah, uh, I feel like you're either first lady or you're cowgirl. And Gabby's obviously <laughs> cowgirl. Girl and Rachel's first lady. We're bouncing around. I think this was it's going to happen this episode because there's so much. But when watching Rachel and Tino, there was friction. They had a real conversation. I really quite liked both Tino and Rachel in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I thought they both handled it well. I love how Rachel like thoughtfully stood her ground and asked some like really pointed questions towards Tino about like, hey, like I don't know. Like I love how she said, you know, even at a minimum, I thought they would just say, hey, we don't get it, but like we support you, which I, that's a valid. I love that. She said that. Yeah, that I just want acceptance. Yeah. And I love that Tino was just like, hey, I'm a 27 year old, a 28 year old man. At the end of the day, I'm going to choose my life for myself and my parents are going to get on board. I really enjoyed the entirety of their conversation. But like against the Avon, it was just like, this is such a waste of my time. The juxtaposition of the two is really like pulling teeth. Yeah. But I mean, her relationship with Tino just seemed much more authentic in general. But I, I didn't expect her to actually stand up for herself in that way and like put her or put his dad on blast. I thought Rachel crushed her yeah, conversation with Tino absolutely. because she stood up for herself without like it. Everything she said made sense. She had the right to say it, but she was respectful of, I guess, everyone. Yeah. So it's just I wish she would still be authentic with some of these other people. Mm-hmm. And like it's just so obvious when she's being real and when she's being the bachelorette. My only note with her and Tino's conversation is she kept on using words of she's nervous, she has anxieties, and she used those multiple times, which feels like your body telling you that you have, yeah. there are red flags. Well, it's kind of like in the past, we would see that as the spark, as they say. Spark or, or butterflies. Or butterflies. Which you and realize, now, now we've learned is maybe you're, you know, inner You should have saying, that for the first yeah. couple weeks, but not after that. Question for you. Yeah. I'm watching it and I'm watching the Avon episode and they sure make it seem like there was some sex 
at the end of the fantasy seat with her and Avon. Who knows? We have no idea if there actually was, but they certainly lean into it. There was the line, like, he's the full package. Yeah, and so she it's giggled. Like, and, yeah. So it's like Dick has been seen yeah. or experienced <laughs> in some capacity. Uh, yeah, there was definitely... But who who knows? Some touchy-feelies. Yeah. OTPHJ minimum. <laughs> now, if you're... If, uh, this conversation is based on the premise that Rachel and, and Tino end up together. If you're Tino and you're watching this back, what's harder for you to watch? Would it be harder for you to watch your now fiance on a date with someone? She clearly, what you have is not even shown. It's like, what, what, this is, what, this, what is this? Yeah. Like, there's nothing here. Now, if Rachel hooks up with Haven, are you more frustrated that she had like a last hurrah with a guy that she clearly doesn't have the same connection with you? Would that be harder for you to accept? Or would it be harder to like see her also falling in love with someone else only to have picked you and say, hey, yeah, I really care for this person. But at the end of the day, you were my person. Like what's harder for you? What would be harder for you to accept? But she loves Tino more. But you get, what, you get the question? With Avon, we just assume if there was sex, it was just more like, you know, like you're hot. He's clearly an attractive guy. There's some physical chemistry. I don't see the emotional His family spark. loves her. <laughs> Yeah, his family loves her. So if you get engaged to Tino and Rachel's like, hey, you know, like hooked up with Avon and Tino watches it back and just like, you didn't even, you didn't even like the guy. Yeah. But is that more reassuring than what if Tino was watching it only to watch like a real true connection with that, which would be harder for you to see the connection or know that they chose to sleep with someone that it didn't even seem like they liked and they slept with them days before you got engaged to them. Both would would really hurt <laughs> that would be painful yeah they, they, it's a tough position everyone in the right now is in, the, in an incredible tough position and these this whole episode was everyone trying to like not get mad or frustrated but also being asked to deal with impossible choices yeah. that you never get asked to deal with in the real world i wonder if she would have done that if tino's hometown had gone perfectly totally mm. boy that makes me feel even worse I mean, I hope it wasn't like a... If she had no reservations about Tino and his family, would she have let the relationship... And we, we say this as if Avon is going home, but we don't know. Um, but like, I mean, eventually he's going home. <laughs> no, it, would that have transpired in the same way had she not had that conflict with Tino's family? I think it depends on how secure they make you feel, because if the partner at present is making me feel super secure, then I think it would be more of a, if they were really in love with that person, then I'd be like, okay, well, that's just a testament to the fact that you did your due diligence. You really explored everything and you made a decision that you feel like fully confident in. Because I think there's that temptation to be like, but I'm so wonderful. You could never possibly love anyone the way you love me. So it'd be harder for you to know that they hooked up with someone that ultimately there wasn't much of a connection there? Not because I have an issue with them taking like a buzzer shot before monogamy, but because I think it's it's leading on. I wouldn't like them treating another person that way and like trivializing yeah. that other person's feelings with the implications of like how much it would lead them on. What it says a lot are, about their character. What if they're upfront expectations about like... What if it's like, hey, it's hot, not you. I'm you want to... <laughs> yeah. And I also, Is that realistic in the show? Everything's happened. I also wonder too, it's like we're saying... There's no connection. But we've also acknowledged that we've not seen a ton this season based on the format. So we're like saying... We're saying there's no connection, but the guys are also saying there's a yeah, weird connection. Yeah, we're also connection. basing it off of what we've seen. With, granted, you're right. It's an but edit like she we reserve said, to be wrong. She said like she's falling in love with Avon. So like 
this might even be like a moot point because it's like she could be talking to Tino being like, no, you don't understand. I was really into him and I was trying to decipher if he could be the one. Yeah, yeah but if I'm, I'm just saying I'm watching it. What, the reason I asked this question, because I'm thinking, what is Tino thinking about all this? Because like I'm watching it being like as a fan, as a viewer, I'm like, this relationship is I don't believe anything here. I don't believe anything they're saying. I don't believe what anything Avon's saying. Yeah. I don't believe anything Rachel's saying. It was like, yeah, this is great. There was just nothing there. It was just two people talking. Doesn't position of date also kind of play into well, who the lead hooks up with and who they don't? Because are, if they put Tino first, I don't know that. Usually, yeah. the, usually the winners go last. But I noticed that I think they switched it up this year on purpose because I think they people were catching on. It's not always the case, but usually it seems like the front runners are, are the last ones. Yeah. And I think they definitely switched it up this time. Maybe Jason was a front runner, as, as Gabby seems to have claimed. But who knows? I, I think it would be harder. I'd, I'd, my, like, you're right. You make a valid point about I don't want anyone to lead anyone on. At the end of the day, if you wanted one more go of it, I'm not thrilled. Not my favorite choice you made. But I'd rather know that like your feelings for me were that much stronger than anyone else. And it would be harder for me to, to know. I want to know that in eight weeks, it wasn't hard for you because it, we, it was hard enough for us to get to this place in eight weeks. It would be harder knowing that you ha had to struggle with someone else. I mean, there's a different ways to look at it, but I think it would be harder for me. So my question for the room is, it's like, to me, it's pretty, I think Rachel definitely picks Tino. And I think the conversation that happens is, I said falling in love, but like, you know, and I, in this environment, the relationship was advancing. And especially with the Rocky stuff with like your family, I really was trying to explore all my options fully. And I did feel a sense of love, but like I was in love with you. Does that, is that a good enough answer for you? The distinction of like, I'm falling in love with you to Avon versus I'm in love with you well, to Tino. Well, it's interesting that you say that because we've been critical here at Rachel of, of it being obvious when she's playing the role of the bachelorette and from personal experience and hearing from friends, one of the biggest challenges couples have outside of the show is not knowing when to like be a human and be like real oh. about a relationship. Because like if, if you're Tino, the fuck, you know, you'd be like, you sound like, well, you, what do you sound like? You sound like you're, you sound like you're talking to me like you're on the show. Yeah. I mean, if that's what she said, I'd be like, what? I'm like, I'm here. I'll listen. But like, what the following it? Like, it, it's all semantics. You know? Jason, even though I don't like that whole situation, I'd rather him say I, I have really strong feelings, but I, I don't know if mm -hmm. in this time frame I can get there. I fucking love Jason. Oh, and he kept calling it a bubble and how they don't even actually really know each other outside of the bubble. I was like, Ooh. Jason was so real. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll get into that. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, you know, I'm sad that, you know, Gabby's feelings are hurt about that. And I don't know what she meant by him leading it, him on. But yeah, I, I thought Jason was awesome. Yeah. I got a little, I got emotional watching him and so I, well, I, maybe it's because Nate made me cry. It was uh, a big yesterday. day yesterday. By the way, yeah. <laughs> by the way, uh, t spoiler alert: I forgot, forgot to mention Nate. Oh my god! Michelle's ex, Nate Olakoya, is here on Thursday. <gasps> Episode drops. We recorded it yesterday. And he made you cry. Mm -hmm. He cried. Then he made me cry. I've never made you cry. No. <laughs> well. <laughs> you're like 12 times and i've never made you cry when a beautiful when when nate he's a six eight yeah nick charming. was obsessed with how hot nate was he's hot um, if you're looking for a drinking game take a shot every time nick compliments nate's appearance uh, you'll be drunk he's, 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 he's a handsome guy um 
Natalie's gonna get jealous. When a man, when a man, <laughs> like I, he cried, and I guess something internally was like, "I'll cry with you, man." Like you know, I got emotional. Anyways, Jason got me choked up. I could just see when when Jason talks. You know, like I, what I love about watching Gabby and Jason talk is that, and I think why there's an attraction there, and people call it trauma bonding and things like that. But I feel like oh, that oversimplifies. Uh, I think there may be a trauma bond with with Eric because of what mm. he's going through with his, yeah. his father. But with with Jason, it's really interesting because clearly they're very different people. But she, Gabby keeps talking how much he sees her in a different way. And when I see Jason, I see someone who I don't know what happened to him or whatever, but he's he's been through it yeah. somehow. He's very guarded. He's been hurt somehow. And you can tell when he talks, there's like this very thoughtful earnesty of like, but like he knows he's been hurt, but he's on the path to like healing and he's in therapy and just like that working through whatever has hurt him. Like you can see that with Gabby as well. Yeah. And you, and when those, I feel like when she talks to Jason, she feels very safe about the idea of not being okay in the moment, but knowing that like, I feel a little damaged. I feel a little broken sometimes, but it's okay because I'm working through it. And I th I think she like sees her reflection in Jason, and that's got to be such a like a bonding thing, especially in Bachelor World. I I I I hesitate to see like their compatibility outside the world I, because you look at Johnny. I would say yeah, they are two very different people who are approaching this situation from very different perspectives. He, I think, has a very high level of self-awareness. I don't know that he's completely aware of the whatever hurt he has felt yeah. where he has these guards up where he can only see. I mean, this environment is probably not the most conducive to where he's at in life. But like he has such guards up that I don't know. It just. Yeah, because I thought about it, too, because when I went in on the show, I, I went in very skeptical. Yeah. I had my guard up. I don't, I don't want to compare anyone's like experiences, but like I had certainly dealt with my own like heartbreak and and blindsided and just pain in relationships. So going on The Bachelor, you're like, I don't know. And I just remember for me to do what I did, I had to actively say, fuck it. I yeah. had to say. Totally. You know, he's. I, he's a hundred percent logic brained at this yeah. point. There's no romance behind it. There's no like just leaning in and, you know, jumping off the and, whatever. Yeah, and they're and they're and Eric was yeah. literally and figuratively jumping. And and, the, and ultimately it seems like Gabby and and Eric, their what stopped the relationship was Gabby seeming to be willing to say, Yeah, I, I hear you and all this stuff, but let's just say fuck it. Because, you know, I ultimately for me decided it's fucking like it's an engagement, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, not to downplay an engagement, but it's, it's not, you're not signing papers. You're not signing papers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a you know, deal, you but. can, you know, there was always these thoughts you had, like you can repropose, people have done that, like, you know, whatever. Just, I, I chose to be more flexible and Jason's just unwilling mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And he has the right to, like, clearly what I love, I actually, I DM'd him last night because he touched me uh, mo emotionally. <laughs> You know what? Can't, can't guys just be, you guys all criticize us for not opening up or whatever. I said, I really enjoyed watching this season and I really appreciate your ability to protect your heart. I just oh. think, you know, like. Yeah. Did he respond to you? No. Oh. He probably doesn't. Uh, I sent it last night. But like, yeah, he might have some healing to do and I would love him to have said, yeah, uh, fuck it. But like more than anything, 
he seemed like a guy who just he wanted to protect his heart. And I think we should like give him credit for that. And I'm so, you know, I don't know what he said behind closed door or why Gabby feels let on. I tend to believe that emotions were high. And I, I also think that just because you haven't said I love you doesn't mean that the person doesn't feel that from you. Yeah. If he did a lot of things, I, I'm only saying this because I was in a very similar situation of someone who is very logic brained, who I felt very emotionally connected to, who is very guarded in saying the the things that would escalate a relationship to have that emotional connection, but did all of the things to sure. do that. So I think that she's probably basing it off of his actions and totally. and how safe she feels around him versus him actually saying the words, I love you. I believed Jason's feelings towards Gabby yeah. more than anyone, as much as anyone else on the show. And I actually not, think he does love her and he he's just he really cares so, for her. Yeah. yeah. And I also keep in mind, we are living in a time now where, you know, the granted often misused, but the love bomb accusations of like, you know, people like we're calling out people who are getting a little too ahead of themselves with their feelings and mm -hmm. the words they, they say and, and the recklessness with the way they use the L For word. Forgetting they're people. in a bubble. And or not even in the bubble, in the real world. Yeah. Maybe something maybe this happened with Jason where he went through a hard breakup and they were a little loose with the word I love you, only for feelings to have changed and it really affected one of the people in the relationship. We don't know. Mm -hmm. And so like these are, I mean, these are conversations that are happening all the time in the real world in terms of like, well, why did you tell me you love me? You know, when people get ahead of themselves. And I always say like, listen, like whether you define a relationship or whether you're excited, like the less you know, the more likely things will change. So it doesn't matter if you call each other boyfriend or girlfriend. It doesn't matter if you said, I love you to each other. The less you know about someone, things could change. And when things change and feelings change, it can be really painful to find out that someone who once said, I'm in love with you, no longer feels mm -hmm. that way. And and I, I just think, I don't know what the discourse w was about Jason. Uh, I feel like though, Jason is like the opposite of a fuck boy and it's almost harder to get over something like that. Sure. Because you, you see the potential. Yeah. The potential yeah. is such a fuck. It, it, I know. It, potential fucks with you. Because Johnny, I, I don't think he was a fuck boy per se, but I was also like, sir, there there's sir, so many fantasy suites and you're not sure if you're ready to commit. Like, OK, like I get I get maybe it takes time to make that choice. But like, I think with Johnny, it felt Between a little bit more. He called her the dopest girl. That guy is not ready for a marriage. No, no, no. I wasn't <laughs> even the dopest girl. The dopest girl I've ever hung with. Yes. He's a young. Which, which, yeah, he's young. And like that's and it's like feels he's young. <laughs> and it, se it seems to be inexperienced with love. Right. And so, so that's very different from Jason, who's like 30, who's coming into this like cool, common collected. I think where so much of Gabby's pain is coming from is that like in that ambiguity of the like, Love is uncertain. We don't know which way it's going to fall. I think Gabby was always trying to make it fall on the side of the relationship, like not forcing it, being honest with herself. But like, I think the quote that she had at the end where she was saying, I'm never reckless with my feelings. Like, I think she was so careful to always yeah. make sure and uphold her treatment of others. And I can see why she would feel a little bit underserved when somebody else is, you know, also proceeding with a ton of caution but maybe falling more on the side of like staying true to themselves and yeah. protecting their own emotions yeah yeah totally i i'm really curious about what the conversations were in the fantasy suite between jason and gabby because one thing that she said was she was like it's not just that he doesn't want to get engaged to me it's that and then she kind of trailed off and was upset but i was like what 
he has a wife. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, she I definitely said, implied. He's like, I have a kid. <laughs> like, Nate, and I'm not telling you. No, I it, feel like you almost watch this season like he just Heismans her with his feeling. Like, yeah. he just mm-hmm. puts up this emotional guard where she is no longer, whatever she says, it's bouncing back to her. Like, Yeah, it sounds like, you know, when he sat down and said the, I don't know if I'm ready, and then she, you know, seemingly like she got frustrated by that. And then came back and there was, there with Gabby, what it was really fascinating, there was a lot of like, I'm upset, but like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to come back down and talk. And I loved how you kind of saw the, you know, cause that's what happens on all, you know, disagreements. There's that instant reaction of frustration and anger. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully you were able to, okay, let's talk about it. Like work through it. You know, keep in mind, this is all on camera. You know, we don't usually get in fights and, and trigger our partners and frustrate our partners like all on camera. And we get the whole stages of like watching you get frustrated and things like that. But yeah, it seems like once they win in the room of the fantasy suite, Gabby was just like, okay, we'll talk through it. We'll get off camera. Yeah. And it seems like she tried to push. And Jason, my, my guess is that he, she pushed too much yeah. for him. And he ended up saying, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, it's almost like... There is some level of avoidant in him. Yeah, he he must... But I also just want to make sure... That I feel like, again, we don't know what he said, but if it's... Like, sometimes people, when you say, like, avoidant, like, attachment style, it's yeah. almost like as if it's, like, a problem people have. Maybe it's okay for him to have felt the way he did. We're still talking about this insane Bachelor world, mm-hmm. and people had even less time this season than other seasons to get to know people. So, like, I know we always like to be like, oh, you know what you signed up for, shit like that. But when it comes to someone like Jason, who's one of the, you know, a lot of people talked about mental health and therapy, but, like, he was very open about that. You know, I just want to, like, I don't want to shame Jason and imply that maybe he did something wrong. It's just maybe two people who... And this crazy world couldn't get on the same page. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was a lot of connections between them. And I and I and again, I see why they have a bond. I think it's but I don't I don't think maybe they're I didn't I don't think they're that compatible in the long run. Interesting because I I look at Gabby's final three and I could see her with lives outside of this situation with all three of them. And that is so rare that I feel like with Jason, he is the prime example. I hate when people say if they wanted to, they would. I hate that phrase so much because I feel like that is a sweeping generalization. I feel like it's he is a prime example of when they're ready to, they will. And he was not ready in that situation. If they were outside of this and they had been dating a year or six months or whatever, he might be ready to say, I love you and put that guard down, bring that guard down. Or maybe, you know, two more years, three more years into his therapy journey, he can actually unpack whatever it, I mean, this is also speculation, but like why he has a guard up. Yeah. I mean, you make an excellent point because I absolutely agree with you that I could see Gabby with all three for different reasons. When, he, when she was out with Johnny, she said something and it made, me, it made me ask Natalie a question. She said, Johnny gets me better than anyone ever has. And I remember, I was like, <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah. And I also think like having your partner get, so I was like, Natalie, do you, do you feel, think you feel like you get me? Because like, I feel like that's a, a question that's not often discussed between couples in relationships. You know, we ask, all, you know, all the things, but like, boy, that seems like a really big deal. If anything you want for a partner that you hope to be with for the rest of your life, getting each other would be kind of a big deal. Yes, but 
also not disagreeing, but also the whole idea of how the one way to keep the relationship to keep a relationship not fresh. I don't like that phrasing, but is to continue to get to know one another. 100%. So isn't it nice when there is that space for mystery and continued evolution? Totally. Right. I don't. But just to, fe- to feel understood. There's a difference between like yeah. you have everything you've learned everything there is to learn about me. Also, like we're constantly growing and changing like. In relationships, yeah, it's like I understand the algorithm. I'm not yeah. saying I, I know every single output and I know every single way that you could be, but I understand the way that I you get go the playing about field, decisions. so to speak. Well, yeah. some people like they date and they're just like, I don't get like a common thing that people will say is, I just don't get you. Yeah, you know that happened. Like truly, like my second girlfriend when after we broke up and you know and she ended up being my fiance and she didn't know me, but honestly, I don't think we ever got each other ever. Mm-hmm. You know, and people. Getting relationships, not getting each other, and she gets Johnny. And there's something about that relationship that clearly you see a side of Gabby. Yeah. This playfulness, these jokes they tell, which again, like I think Gabby needs some like someone like that in her relationship. I I, I don't. I, I if she's with Eric, I don't know. Like Eric seems like a really nice guy. I really enjoyed how he's opened up. I just wonder if maybe Gabby's guy isn't here. Mm, interesting. You know, in the long run. Um, I saw this on TikTok, uh, but someone said that the sixth love language is understanding. Mm. I always say that uh, gift giving is often like feeling understood. Like I think for most people who say gift giving, they're like, I don't want anything fancy. Like I just want someone I want to feel like understood by the gift someone gives me. And but I totally I I feel like it's a different way of putting it. Understanding. Yeah. You want to feel like you if you feel like you constantly have to explain Being yourself in a relationship. Being seen by yeah. someone is yeah. such an important factor in a relationship. And I think Gabby with Johnny makes her feel seen. Mm-hmm. And as much as he might sound immature, have that fuckboy energy, like she makes it very clear when she's with Johnny, she feels like this level of comfort she doesn't get with anyone else. Yeah. I mean, just to play devil's advocate, I feel seen by some of my friends, sure. but <laughs> like, totally. that doesn't, that's one aspect of a relationship. Oh, I don't think she should end up with Johnny. Yeah. But I just think if I'm Gabby, I would take note of that feeling because I think it's important to her. A non-negotiable. And, and even though she might have insane chemistry with Jason and or Eric, and maybe Jason also brings out makes her feel seen and safe in other aspects, you know, I think she might need all of it. And I think she's seeing some of it in some of these guys. And maybe, because like Jason and like Jason and Johnny seem so, like they're not similar at all. Like maybe Jason has a playful side. No, they're completely different. I feel like Jason and Johnny, the balance of the two is Eric. Hmm. Like he brings out Maybe. her playful side and he also makes her feel safe. He's able to talk about emotional vulnerability. Like he, I think he said, I'm looking at my notes, but there was a quote that he said on the date. He loves that Gabby is emotionally intelligent um, and yeah, went on about that. But I just, I feel like he is the blend of the two. Yeah. And and the fact, I, I know people are going to rip him apart for coming back and saying that, like, I don't think he was slut-shaming her in any way by, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine you doing the same thing that we did with other people. I don't I don't think a lot of people liked him saying that, but I also think that he felt comfortable enough to express to his partner a place where he felt insecure, and I don't know. No, I, yeah, let's, let's talk about that for a second, because I, I mean, there's just such, like, there is... 
I think we should I name the, the I statement of yeah. Eric's, like, which is that the thing that they talked about behind closed doors and fantasy suites and that was later brought up on camera was Eric's feeling that this week to him felt like cheating. He didn't say you are cheating, but he was saying that like by going to fantasy suites with other people, that feels like cheating. I feel like that's like yeah. important that, context. Was that, she more... I that was actually said. We know that yes, for sure. Yes. Okay. Was she also more upset that he brought it up on camera mm-hmm. than him having those feelings? Yeah, because Chief said, like, you know, we talked about this. We we discussed it. We reached like a conclusion. Yeah. And honestly, that would raise red flags for me too, regardless of what the conversation was. I don't care if it's about like talking about your cat. Why do you have to bring it back up on camera? It makes me question like. Are you doing this for an edit? Are you here for the right reasons? Like edit. Well, just. But just, then conversely, it's like, but if you, I, you want to feel like your partner is bringing stuff up with you. I and see even both if it's sides. Really, yeah, yeah. It, there really is a two sided thing. It's like just, being like, I need to update you because I, I said this one thing and it was honest in the moment, but now I'm in this different place and I really want us to like communicate about where yeah. I'm at now. I didn't even feel like it was an update though. Let me just, as someone who's lived through that experience, paint the picture of what these people are going through during the week of fantasy suites. (laughs) (laughs) Eric seemingly got the first one, right? I was a recipient of two of the first ones. And even if you're first or last, it doesn't really matter. You know that fantasy suites weeks is going on. Yeah. And uh, almost always they never, they avoid like as opposed to having front expecta- upfront expectations and maybe talking about this insane week that's about to happen, people go out of their way to make sure people are avoid having any of these conversations so that people can internalize their fears about what this all means. Yeah. So, you know, whatever Eric and Gabby talked about and whatever happened, who knows? But like, again, like, you know, these are normal feelings. Most people who go on the show aren't swingers, aren't in polyamorous relationships. They are looking for monogamous relationships and committed relationships. And they're also have. So you go in there, you start on a season of like, I don't know, I'm here for the show. I'm not sure how I'm going to, if I'm going to follow someone. And then a handful of people go, oh my God, I'm falling in love with this person. They start developing real feelings and they get the fantasy suite week. And it's just like, hey, by the way, I'm going to spend the night with like two other people. And you're just like, all right cool like i know this is part of the show so like okay uh but like and then keep in mind at the end of by this time it, by this time in the season everyone is being everyone feels and is being told for the most part if you're being authentic that your relationship is stronger than everyone else's mm-hmm. so at this point you're thinking all right like they're, they're just gonna have to go through the motions but like this is gonna be special for us and yeah. then so let's say you have the fantasy suite week and then there's a day off and then there's another fantasy suite then another day off there's a fantasy suite so you have a whole whole week to do nothing but think about what the other person is doing and the the only conversation you have are with producers who are like asking you what you think is happening you know you're constantly being fucked with you're constantly being like asked like what do you think is going on and all i'm saying is for these people to like not pitch a perfect game or handle it perfectly or want to maybe talk through things. What is a relationship if not to be able to like check in with your partner to say, I know we talked about this, but like, hey, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And Eric isn't afforded off camera time. He doesn't get to choose whether something is recorded or not. So like, you know, let's just be careful, like not to like criticize any of these people. I just like, I I love that. Ultimately, I like that Eric and, and, and Gabby seem to have respectful conversations. They both seem to, you know, in the moment, even Gabby, at first I thought it for, for a moment, Gabby, when she said, I've worked so hard to make sure that I'm 100% certain at the end. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But like in that moment, all I thought was like, you're not in any way thinking about what it's like to be in Eric's shoes. Yeah. Having been through it in Eric's shoes. 
she later, I think it was, she was talking to Jesse and she recognized, I loved it. Gabby was just like, I, I haven't put myself in Eric's shoes. And then they worked through it. And like, I loved how they worked through that yeah. whole thing. I mean, like, yeah, like that's a relationship. you like, you know, they, they had to work through these, these very difficult situations that neither of them are experienced. I mean, Gabby a little bit because she experienced with Clayton, but I, I, you know, I loved that we got to see that. And ultimately it seemed like they worked through it in a relatively healthy way mm -hmm. and were able to say like, I'm struggling here. I don't know how to say this, but this is how I feel. I hope that's okay. I don't want to make you feel bad, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I, I agree. I feel like there are people who are going to say that that conversation was a red flag. But I also feel like as much as I love Gabby, that was the first time I saw her this entire season. It looked like she was invalidating his feelings at some yeah. in some capacity, saying you are not right for bringing this to me in this moment when they don't have another opportunity to be off camera before. I mean, they they do get one more date together, but he's proposing to her in a week. Yeah, he's got no time. And he might have what he probably was just like, I'm just struggling. I'm just struggling. And probably someone was like, well, would you like to talk to her if we could set that up, if we could make that happen? And he probably said yes. You know, it's just like these people, I, I just, I, I understand why people on the internet, internet might like be quick to say, oh, that's a red flag. But like, trust me, like when you look at the whole landscape, like all Eric did was calmly try to communicate a feeling. And he seeming, from my standpoint, seemed to acknowledge that he tried to do it without making her feel like he was criticizing mm -hmm. her. Obviously, he didn't do that perfectly. Yeah. Sometimes you, sometimes we, like every time we're in a relationship and you say, I feel this way, it's very easy for your partner to feel accused even though like you're, that's what you don't want to do. But like we get sensitive because you yeah. you care about your partner and you're like, well, I made you feel that way and I feel bad and then you get defensive. I'm like that's a fucking relationship. His intentions were good behind yeah. it. He even said multiple times, even if it wasn't communicated in the best way possible, he's like, I want this to be positive. I want this to be a positive conversation. Yeah. I thought it was ultimately really positive. And honestly, I think if those two can communicate like that, in their relationship, yeah. if they are in one, good for them. I think they have a chance of working out because... The one red flag I had with Eric was, um, I think when they were on their one-on-one -on -one date, he said that he was nervous and she said, oh, are you going to run? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to walk right out and then I'm going to walk all the way back to New Jersey. And I get was it was doing? a joke, but like that would that would give me pause. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, shoot. I think everything should give the, everyone pause in yeah. this world. I mean, they have, <laughs> you know, like, you're just like, you know, when I was going through it, like I was, you know, pretty much pot committed to Vanessa, but a couple of things happened that I was like, this gives me pause. I just chose to ignore it. Yeah. Because I was just like, well, I I feel how I feel and like, I don't, I don't know what to do. But yeah. these are, these people are put in impossible situations. And I know like, you know, for dramatic effect, it's fun to watch. But like, let's be careful not to like call them red flags when ultimately what I actually think we're seeing is like pretty like mature emotional maturity and yeah. like communication that like, you know, people are watching it and you see this fight and they run to Twitter and they start saying, oh, this is fucked up. And then like five minutes commercial break happens, comes back and, and Gabby's like, you know what? I could have empathized with him a little bit better. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And then they work it out. And then all of a sudden, but the tweet's still up. I know. Maybe we want to cover more stuff on Gabby. I just want to put out there. We, I feel like I want to discuss the Zach, oh, yeah. Rachel blow up towards the end. 
raise of hands in the room, we kind without knowing what happened, we all understood what Zach was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like we we believed him. Right? I, I I don't Are we supposed I to do- raise our hands? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh sorry. Sorry, raise our hands. <laughs> okay. Like it's just like, yeah, that tra- it's like that tracks. I can see that Rachel I can see Rachel being insincere because at this point she's she's gonna pick Tino. Yeah. And she's been leading Zach on the whole time. He's been her fluffer. <laughs> and she tried to soft break up with him in the fantasy suite. Also, that conversation with them over breakfast where she was like, how are you feeling about everything we've talked oh, that was about? Brutal. Everything feels like a scene. Like, it was so, I was like. She uh, pecked him twice. I know. And I was just like She would call them. Like, Natalie the would call those time. Phyllis kisses. Oh, is your Gra- grandma? Your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She gave him Phyllis kisses. I agree. And I, I definitely, I I believe that there was that component. The one thing is that it kind of rubs me the wrong way when someone says they weren't themselves. Like it kind of, it, I'm not saying it's completely incorrect, but it does rub me the wrong way when someone tries to take ownership of like who the other person is sure. and saying because their perception doesn't account for the version that they got, that they were being like dishonest or totally. not true to themselves. I just feel like that's a lot of... That's fair. Say, I feel like you're not being the most authentic version of yourself in this or, moment. Or, and I think he, he, I think he even further articulated this later on, is that Rachel wasn't the person that she had been presenting to him the whole time up until this point and behind closed doors he saw a very different version of her than what was presented that's how I read it Mm. and maybe this is just like a technicality but I feel like it's well it's not that those are two different people it's that this person who you felt the whole time also has the capacity to behave in this way and maybe it's recontextualizing the way you interpret all that other elements of their personality that was there before but like it's expansive like you're continuing to get to know them it's not like one or the other you're you're implying that maybe Zach wasn't paying attention and that's possible but I think what's more likely what we've seen from Rachel and her ability to kind of like go in this bachelorette role like Rachel with Tino is a completely different version than Rachel with anyone else, mm-hmm. right? And and Zach hasn't seen that yet because Zach doesn't get to see her with Tino, right? But the Rachel who's gonna pick Tino is the Rachel that went into the fantasy suite room with Interesting. Zach. And my guess is, is that, you know, my guess is Rachel was like, I don't, you're my third, I don't know what happened with Avon, you know, but like you're my third fantasy suite. She mentally, and I empathize with Rachel, like she mentally is like, she's ready to, after this conversation with Tino, that probably was heavy. She was probably worried about it. Who knows what happened with Avon? Maybe it was because that conversation with her parents didn't go well. She reconnected with Tino, had a great conversation, had an amazing fantasy. Her suite. oxytocin was off the yeah. charts. And now she's just like, well, fuck, I gotta, I gotta let this guy down, you know? And yeah. like, so instead of like hooking up or like talking about the future, well, you know, normally, it's, normally what someone would do in that situation if they realize they're they're dating multiple people and they really like someone else and they're going to choose that person is they start pulling away. But you are now forced to go on this romantic date where then you are asked if you want to have an overnight portion and fulfilling her bachelorette duties. She is going to say yes to all of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing if Rachel was given I, I'm guessing if Rachel guessing Rachel probably wouldn't even want to have gone into the fantasy suit with Zach, but maybe maybe that particular choice wasn't totally hers in that moment. Think about it. He was like, all of a sudden she's like talking about my age. Because it sounds it sounds like the way Zach described that, it yeah. is that she went in there again, like I'm gonna pick Tino, but instead of just like keeping it real and saying my feelings aren't there, she tried to make it seem like, are you really ready? 
Yeah, she she's started, like, I'm going to plant the seeds for the things I'm going to use in our breakup. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of fucked up and shitty. And his emotional maturity, I feel like. Through the roof. Yes. Also, I loved when he was having the conversation with Jesse Palmer. And even Jesse was like, and she's 26. Like, <laughs> months older. Yeah. And he's 28. Like, yeah. yeah. But, but no. it's giving like older sibling by one year. Who's no, like, you don't get to sit at the adult's table. It is manipulative if yeah. that's what she did. Conversely, so do we, how, are we counting out the idea that maybe these were concerns that she was like, huh, I guess if we're just, now's the point where we kind of lay it out on the table. These are the things, the final things that could possibly go wrong if we're in that final level of like vetting a partner. What do you, what do you mean? Em? Like, could it be the kind of thing where she was like, okay, like I've been really focusing on this journey. I've been falling in love with you. Like, is there any chance that these were things that like arose, that these were concerns that arose organically in the moment now that things are getting more serious as I mean, opposed any, to... anything's possible, sure, but I doubt it based off of like what we saw from Zach. Because Zach seems like to be a pretty well thought out guy who seems emotionally pretty mature. I mean, he's young, but he seems to have gone through it and done the work. You know, like he seems to be the same age as, same age as Johnny, but... Emotionally, they seem like on very different playing fields yeah. from what we've got to see. And Zach's whole thing was it just none of it made sense. Like, bring up my age. I bet Zach, I bet Zach was like, all right, let's talk about age. Yeah. But like, it sounds, it sure sounds like Rachel was like, had decided this is what's going to be the excuse and just wouldn't, wouldn't budge. So no matter what, it's not, not to use another buzzword, I bet Zach felt stonewalled. I was going to say he felt emotionally slighted. Yeah. Because she probably went in there and been, oh, hey, by the way, you're too, are you really ready? Are you too, you're too young? And, Zach, and Zach's thinking, well, first of all, you're like two months older than me. Second of all, like, I'm 25. This is also out of nowhere. You've known my age since. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not 13. I'm 25. Yeah. You know, like. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm a quarter century old and I might not be 30, but like, yeah, I am ready. I just wish he'd given more examples. And I get that it's really Maybe, hard when you're yeah. in a fight to like record stuff down word for word. But I, I, cause he just kept saying she wasn't herself. She wasn't herself. She wasn't herself. And I was really curious, like more of like what he meant by that. I hope we get that in the, after the final rose. Yeah, I'm wondering I'm sure if it's will. like, he wasn't, if it was just like, cause I, I hear your point of like him, him having the right to say like what's her and what's not. Like, I feel like maybe he was just trying to put it into words and he kind of did a little bit of just like, she was not the same Rachel than who he'd seen before. Yeah. I felt like, yeah, I felt like maybe there was a level of sincerity or that he'd felt he an said, amount of all in with her that he then felt a pullback of. I think he used the word fake. Yeah. He said it was the most inauthentic conversation okay. I've ever uh, had. Inauthentic. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what was, what was being said in this conversation? You also have to keep in mind that Zach up to this point has been like full on in love with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they these movies, they, yeah. their dates, the airplanes, and, and, and Rachel's been really present and connected with Zach up to this point. Like, obviously, we had the benefit of watching her with Tino. Zach doesn't get that benefit, but she's still like, she was still pretty engaged with Zach and he's been falling in love. Yeah, but the morning after was so awkward. No, that's what I'm saying. But oh. I'm saying... Rachel was in it enough. I think Rachel let him. I think Rachel let him on. I don't fault her for it. That's part, unfortunately, part of the role. But like, I think instead of just owning that, instead of just trying to like keep it real with Zach behind closed doors, I think she tried to make him feel like it was something wrong with him, and rather than a decision, rather than just maybe she just likes Tino more. Mm -hmm. She tried to make him feel bad for something that he couldn't control. Because she just has stronger feelings for some other guy, which I think is kind of shitty. I hear that. And I don't <laughs> and it's not that I disagree. I just think 
and you're gonna you might roll your eyes, but I think in general, I think maybe we also don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I think in general, maybe women feel slightly more pressure to manage not just like communicating what they want to say, but to manage the emotional reaction of other people, both from a place of like, if it's bad, it's a safety thing, like kind of need to kind of need to know how my words might hit someone. And I think like in general, like, you know, like the thing about how women are sometimes socialized to be more like conversationally accommodating or made to feel a little bit more responsible for a partner's emotions. Sure. And so I wonder in terms of leading him on if it's a a fine line of trying to like walk this tightrope of I don't want to be dishonest with you, but I also don't want to be harsh. I want to be kind. I want to. She was a little harsh, though. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't have a problem with her leading him on. The Bachelor, the leads have to do that. It sucks. I fucking hated it. It like hurt my heart. Like I hated hometowns. Like fantasy. I, I've had. I've had. I had neck problems for two weeks because of the stress I got from fantasy suites of trying to navigate it. I've. I have total empathy for Rachel. How she went about handling it and letting Zach know. And making him feel like it was something that was his fault or you know, like a, a shortcoming that he had when at the end of the day, it sure seems like she just likes Tino more. Yeah. I yeah. think that was kind of shitty. I'm not saying it's okay. I just think I can kind of empathize a little bit with why she might be yeah, drawn I mean, for that route as opposed to just like the cold, harsh, like I like someone more than you. The like, well, it's just because you're young. like, you know, trying to make it about these other external factors totally. as a means of letting them down. I don't think it's a necessarily emotionally mature, but I think it's like it's, understandable. Of course, it's all understandable. This is an this is an insane world these people are put in. <laughs> yeah. And just back to what we said before, if nothing else, maybe Rachel will have more empathy for Clayton. Not that Clayton shouldn't still have to apologize for his actions and learn from it, but even Clayton, like, you know, we I love we all, we all watch it and all this like go through it. Mm-hmm. Go through it and try to like work through this impossible situation on camera. And so I don't fault Rachel. I just hope that Rachel recognizes it and 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 has um, some empathy for Zach and some and is contrite and apologetic for how she handled it, rather than doubles down and and still tries to make him feel bad for something that like is bullshit. We've also. We're asking Zach to be more specific, but I feel like Rachel has not been specific this entire season of like, even in in hometowns, the families are asking what she loves about someone. She's like, oh, I just, I love- He volunteers. How caring they are. He gives his blood. Yeah, there's there's a lack of specificity on her end. Yeah. So, so to say someone's 25, if she had actually said, oh, well, I think that this- aspect about you is a little bit immature and i wonder if you are ready for x y and z which i am ready for that's a very good point that i could her like totally hear her in that behind closed doors being like i just have to follow my heart in this journey it's the way in which she told him the morning and i like can't i i'm struggling for the words the way that she was talking to him and saying like so like you're good with what we talked about. Like there yeah. was clearly it was, so it was kind of yeah, like this. Yeah. Keep it hush hush, but like we all know that like I and again, this is yeah, me projecting me on the bus. and like over interpreting because we really don't know. But it was just the tone in which and the eye contact in which she made that with him. And I was like, what the fuck did they talk I want about? her to read some Brene Brown of like yeah. I feel like the the her or I'm not saying her, but like when someone's um level of like emotional awareness is like 
angry, happy, and sad when there are a multitude of emotions that you can experience, shame, vulnerability, like all of these things that that Brene talks about. There's like 61 different emotions that anyone can be feeling at a certain time. And I feel like the having the verbiage to actually express that is so helpful when it comes to relationships. Yeah. And yeah. you see it, you see it with Gabby over time and time again and in terms of her ability to like put into words what she's feeling. Yeah. yeah or just and empathize. Yeah. Not, not, you know, again, not in the moment exactly. Because like I think they going back to the Eric thing was a perfect example of first Gabby reacted to what she was feeling. And she felt ob obviously she she reacted to what Eric said. She, you know, because you know, she probably she did work really hard and she pro and then Eric said the very thing she he he Eric said the very thing and she was hoping he wouldn't say. But like I said, she thought it through and then still recognized, okay, I there is another side and that is Eric's side. And I even though my feelings are valid, so are his. And I'm like, wow, that was just like mm -hmm. good for you, Gabby, you know? And yeah. That, and and maybe we'll see that from Rachel. You know, this we got a cliffhanger with Zach. We don't even know what they're gonna talk about. Maybe, maybe, maybe Rachel will acknowledge that. I'm really curious how she she handles that. I just am if she feels attacked or if she feels like her integrity is questioned or her I don't think she's gonna handle it well. Her like positioning as like a good, wonderful bachelorette is in any way threatened by what he says. I'm just like, hold on the claws to your might, hats. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, I hope it's the former. I think it's gonna be the latter. And a lot, a lot we'll have to do of how Zach handles it, but like Zach has been nothing but a respectful king up into this point and very careful with his words. So I hope he continues that, but we shall see. But you're right. I think it's possible that Zach very calmly and, and, and nicely, but still like stands his ground and says it, hey, like it just felt really inauthentic and mm -hmm. it just felt like you weren't being real with me and it felt like I saw a different side. And that alone, I think, could make Rachel react in a way that well, might be fun to watch on TV. But it's also, and then you have Tino, who's, there was one quote from Tino that I thought was so indicative of where he's at. He's like, she's future Mrs. Forever. And I was like, yeah, that's how you see her. So I'm like, Zach, you mean? Sorry, yeah. the way Tino talks about Rachel. But okay. Zach said the future Mrs. No, 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 that was Tino. I know, there's a lot going on. Well, he's, Zach for the overnight was like, tomorrow I am looking forward to being even more in love with the future Mrs. Blank, and nothing that happens tonight is going to change that. Zach said, his, <laughs> Zach said his last name. Tino said future oh, okay. Mrs. Forever, which I thought was such a like awesome phrase for when you're like so head over heels for someone. And Tino so I'm like, kind of annoys me though. He's getting on my nerves sometimes. Yeah, I see it. The I'm my fantasy suite couldn't have gone any better. Like, okay, <laughs> he's a you know he's a bro. Yeah, <laughs> he's got sides that you're like not my you know. not my. Whatevs. Not my type. But Wish he seems them the like, best. He seems overall like solid, I guess. I do feel like they, they match each other. Yeah. In where they're at. It's that intangible thing of like there's something about Tino and Rachel's outlook that just yeah. feels like it meshes really authentic. If they end up together at all, I think they could have some tough conversations. I was going to say it it will all stem from how they they communicate through hardships yeah. coming out of the show. Knowing what couples have to face, I I have some reluctance on their ability to effectively Seems like the found the foundation for uh Gabby and Eric's communication is so much more established at this point yeah. than Rachel with any of her guys. I think sometimes certainly with Gabby, and also just like we got a lot more context about Gabby's story and just, you know, obviously the heart goes out to her like in terms of 
full landscape of her relationship with her mother, she finally like opened up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we got that context in terms of. I think she shared it on Clayton's season, but I don't maybe. With the specificity of like her dad being in the army and her mom being gone and like mm-hmm. raising herself and like yeah. kind of feeling like she had to like be different people to like get validation and love. I mean, I, I don't. Maybe she did, but maybe it was I, more of an illusion before. Certainly, like I was. Well, I mean, that's not that's not easy. Yeah. I loved her little speech to to Eric. I thought it was so yeah, cute. but I think you know, and then Eric obviously what's going through what he's going through with his dad. I think you have two people who can like fall in love and have this intensity, but still see like the bigger picture outside of this world. Totally. Where like I could see how Rachel and, and and Tina, through no fault of their own, you know, like charmed, privileged lives, not a, not a bunch of worries going on right now certainly not like death or the fear of abandonment that and all they have to focus on is this this literal fairy tale and they can have a tendency and those people can have a tendency of making a bigger deal about smaller things rather than people who have a level of perspective about like real loss and real kind of emotional trauma and i think you kind of see that juxtaposition between eric and and gabby and, and rachel and tino Every time when they do a reality TV show and they go on a horse date and one of them gets the (laughs) misbehaved horse, I love it. It works for me every single time. Never not funny. (laughs) Watching like some man on a horse that's like, oh, he's going into the bushes. (laughs) When when, uh, Jesse told Rachel that uh, she was the only bachelorette here, did anyone like first there was like, yes, for a a second there was concern. Yeah. Just like a split second. And then it was like, finally, I'm the only bachelorette. Do you need me to do some more ITMs? Or yeah. Do <laughs> you need some more shots of me walking in? Rachel was on cloud nine. Uh, she's like, she's not dead, right? Okay, fine. This is amazing. Without saying anything, you could see it oh in, my gosh, in her eyes. Yeah. Glowing. Well, but also, with the lack of context he gave her, like, for all we know, like, she could have thought, like, oh, no, she's just doing her rose ceremony, like, in a different bush. Like, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. She, you're on her. In a different bush. <laughs> well, you know, it's all wooded. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I get it. I get it. It, for it both was of these a ladies. weird way that he told her, too. Like, he didn't explain anything about her, her position whatsoever. The less you know, the more you worry. Yeah, Jesse. Also, can we talk about Jesse's little thing at the end? At the Warner oh, Brothers make of that spiel, where it was he like was the drone doing his job. coming in. Oh no, my god, it was so dramatic. It actually felt more dramatic than other teases that they've had in the past. Hey, it it the, got me hooked. Something about it was whoever said to do not, it on the lot. Yeah. It was brilliant. Something about not, the set. <laughs> the set that was like in shambles yeah. before yeah, they set darkness. up. <laughs> it's like you're seeing behind the curtain. He's like, we were gonna show you, but you need time to prepare. It's like they gave the impression <laughs> like, that like we had like clearly months have gone by since the end. Yeah. But they they shot it in a way that was just like we have to do this because the only way to give you this full story is to have two lives and I have to tell you this now and boy we didn't even have time to set up the stage we're just about to start and yeah it was I would be so disappointed if it's the same old same old I know but he delivered it in a way of like. Zach had pulled Rachel. They went down to the beach to talk. A shark came aboard, bit off his arm, and it was super bloody. <laughs> and they realized it was a bit too triggering, so they needed to rework it. Like, that's how he delivered this message, yep. in my mind. <laughs> I thought he did a great job. I think I mean, he's like, phenomenal. I, I just wish it were Caitlin for Bachelorette. Yeah, that's no. my one. Thing. I was a little skeptical of, and I think I said it last season of him being host. I was a little skeptical about him stepping into this role. I do really enjoy him, but I enjoy him more in his authentic moments than him as a 
post where he's yeah. doing the robotic oh, like I'm in a movement. suit and I'm yeah. reading off a teleprompter. I'm basing this on the fact that like you know this is what ABC wants to do do and this is the show that they have and for that role I think he's doing a great job. And had it been Caitlin it would be different if I had that opportunity I would want to do it slightly different than Jesse but at the same time all I'm saying is like he's a likable guy and mm-hmm. I think he's doing his job and he commands a presence I as got well. no issue with Jesse I enjoy him as the host. You know, we sometimes make the mistake and, you know, with Chris Harrison, you know, he was the host from the beginning of the show. And I think when a lot of people watched it, they saw him as like the, the spokesperson yeah, or, he the, was... even, or the decision maker or the person who casted The Bachelor. He was just the host, you know. Wasn't and he yeah. a producer as well, though? It didn't feel like mm. he was the host. It felt like he was the Chris Harrison. Yeah. Like the Chris Harrison of the who world who sometimes comes out and th- tells people yeah. what's going to happen. I think Chris got producer credit, but like Chris definitely was never in any of those decisions for anything. <laughs> and neither is Jesse. Neither was Caitlin, and neither would have been anyone. That's yeah. that's not the that's not that's not the job. Yeah, it's the host. They're the spokesperson, so they kind of relay the message that the decisions makers have. But I think the expectation it's more understood with Jesse. But with Chris, it was like he was there from the beginning, and Chris kind of talked as if he was that person and with that level of authority. But it's just that's just not the reality of the situation. Okay, so with the. Um, intensity that Jesse delivered this news. Do we think that one of Gabby's guys is going to try to make contact with her? Like mm. that that left. Do we think that it's just this Zach situation? Do we think? What do we think? If I'm a producer, I am definitely keeping in tabs with Jason and checking in and, yeah. and seeing because it clearly seemed to be a real strong connection there. And I don't know what was talked about, but I'm. I'm working that angle for sure. We don't know how this conversation with Zach and Rachel go. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities of... Has an engagement happened and then already ended? Like, there are so many And so I'm many trying to think of, like, variables. in terms of teasers, the shots we haven't seen. We've seen a shot of each of them at what looks to be their final rose ceremony, which is one rose left. Yeah. We have um, seen Johnny already on a beach. Yeah. <laughs> but we've also seen a clip of Rachel in a short black dress, sobbing and walking away. So we haven't seen her in that outfit yet. I mean, who knows? I let it come in from week two. Um. It definitely could have been from week two. Also, that you, that reminded me of something. Uh, just to kind of speak about how last night we were, wa- I was watching with Natalie, and there was a scene where it had to do with like Tino. No, yeah, it was Rachel was like on a date with Avon, right? And you know how on the date they were showing the date with Avon, and they'd keep cutting the Tino like worrying, right? And, you know, as often people do when you watch a show, like, you're on your phone, half paying attention. Like, Natalie was just, you know. And granted, Natalie has only been watching The Bachelor since she's been dating me. So, like, she's gotten into it, which is, I think, how most people watch it. And she looked up and she goes, wait, Tino, he can't actually see them, right? I'm like, no. No. But just the fact that she, you know, while on her phone, casually watching the show, even wondered if that was even possible, it made me realize yeah, that's that's how people watch this fucking show. When I often get wondered why people get so fucking triggered or freak out, and when someone does some little thing, the audience is just like, "How dare you? How could you? Unbelievable!" I said to Natalie, "I'm like, honestly, like that was probably like a different day." Yeah, you know. But they uh, played that up with Eric too when she was doing the pool. When she was in the pool with Jason, and like they like took her like laughter and the splashing of the pool and put it over him on the balcony, like staring out, doing like his best Greg Grippo impression. Gre- yes, and I was like, they're really playing into it. Also, I really, I really appreciate how Zach does B roll. When you're in Fantasy Suite week, the like final three or final 
like when you're not on dates, you're doing B-roll, right? It's mm -hmm. all these like contemplation shots. When you move into your hotel room, you'll like, you'll have like, there'll be a camera guy and a producer and you're like walking in to, you know, your room and looking at the room. And I watched Zach just, he, like you could tell they gave him a beat. He walked in room, pause, take a breath. Like literally, <laughs> and Zach did all the beats. And I'm just yeah. like, he goes, <sighs> and, it, and like without saying anything with thought, what a great room. You know, <laughs> yeah. like Zach, Zach is just fully in character. I just thought it was really endearing. Yeah, um, so stoic. We also don't realize how much the music that they put underneath certain dates oh, and certain conversations affects our reality. Because yes. if you were to watch this with no music underneath, there's no like suspenseful music. There's no yeah, um, different music. romantic music. It's It would change the entire context of certain conversations. Because there was no music with Rachel and Zach the morning after. And that's why we were like, it's so freaking awkward. And then the shot of their hands like limply holding each other. Yeah. <laughs> if they would have played ominous, like villainous music when Rachel told told Avon that she was falling in love with them, you would immediately thought of Clayton. Mm -hmm. the, that the, made me scared. <laughs> the music would tell you, this isn't okay. And that's all, like the music more than anything is the most triggering thing. It's the, it's it the triggers big, our emotions. It's the biggest weapon the show has mm -hmm. is wow. the music they play because the music tells you how they how want to feel you to feel about a person. How yeah. to feel about a situation mm -hmm. or a person. A final, final thought. Yeah, final thought. Jason was so hot playing tennis. Final <laughs> thought is we need to address that. I think it is so hot when you watch someone who was like used to be good at a sport do it again. It was also very triggering because the first guy I dated in LA was teaching me how to play tennis. Okay. <laughs> and I just thought we had to acknowledge how hot Jason was in his element. Yeah. I also wanted to acknowledge how many boat dates there were considering they were just on a boat for... Weeks on <laughs> also, they went back to the Vedanta. They went back to uh, Puerto Vallarta where they shoot Paradise, right? Oh, they're in Riviera Maya. Oh, is, is the Vedanta maybe it's just the chain of oh, they seen have one more beach than, Well, the Vedanta must be in different parts of Mexico because the Vedanta is the hotel, it's the staging hotel for Paradise, mm. which is in Puerto Vallarta, but so they're in Playa de Carmen, which actually is my favorite part of Mexico. You just said who said that? I, I said Riviera Maya, Riviera but, Maya. Yeah. Oh. Wow, too many gorgeous places in Mexico to be in. Yeah, shout out uh, to Mexico. I guess predictions? I predict that Gabby is with Eric. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think everybody should really take a stab at the crazy plot twist. Everybody should try to come up with some, like, some really insane crazy plot twist. I think the craziness is the meeting, well, I mean, I think we've already met them, but, like, Rachel and or Gabby's families meeting the guys. Mm. Yeah. That there might be something spicy there. What if they bring Tino's parents back? They're only in the Riviera Maya. That's a short plane ride. That shit matters. Yeah, like I was in Finland. And if there was like drama with parents, it's like, I don't know, we were willing to fly someone else's parents to Finland for something we might not use. But down to Cancun? Tino's dad pulls a reverse barb and he's like, let her go. No, but they've done that before. <laughs> they've done it before and not well, aired it. I think they did it with JoJo's family. Or bringing Tino's family onto the live finale special mm -hmm. that would similar Ooh, to good call oh my god imagine Barb. rachel's dad and tino's dad like just like but staring I, hot death at each I other think, i think tino's dad is going to do exactly what tino suggested which is which is also like again come tino's, around tino, tino's parents were normal it, it, it is a crazy situation they were like hey this is nuts like, they were the most real out of most yeah. parents. they were real but they were unwelcoming yeah sure but i'm just saying they're not bad people after filming I think it's more believable that Tina's like, hey, I love this girl. Just, you know, like, just, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I took a risk. We'll see. But she's great. So, like. And also, she picked me. Everything she was saying to you was yeah, true. So, like, she picked me. So, like, let's. Let's get on board. And I I imagine his parents will. I wouldn't be shocked if I see them. I don't know if that's really the drama is going to come from. 
I don't know. I, I hear there's going to be some juice. I don't know. So we'll see. Can't wait. I know. The most exciting episode of this entire season. <laughs> I hope it's not upsetting. The way Jesse was like emotionally prepare yourself. I'm sure he was just doing that for suspense. But a little part of me was like, oh, no. Like if someone hurts, like if Gabby gets hurt, I, I'm going to lose I said this last week. Someone told me, and I don't know what, but they said, Rach, they said, well, after what Rachel did, and I don't know what that means. I have mm-hmm. no context other than that. She ate a rose at the rose. I mean, it it might be that. But it was from someone who wasn't like trying to sell me on anything. It was just more of a, like an honest statement of like, well, I don't think. I was like, okay. So I don't know what that is. And maybe it's nothing, you know? And maybe that person could just be like, thinks it's a big deal. And this person doesn't know also how things are going to air. It's not a producer. I'm intrigued. Follow no. Jesse's advice, which was take some time, get yourselves ready, and prepare yourselves. <laughs> also, I like that we've become numb to Jesse's unhinged CTAs. Like where he's like, <laughs> yeah. dump his ass. <laughs> All your friends hate your boyfriend. Your boyfriend's probably cheating on you. <laughs> your boyfriend's apartment probably has termites, so you should get out of there. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm on board. Makes you listen versus the yes. old ones where you're like, oh, yes. And honestly, it might be the difference between someone putting an application and someone not. You're like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like My boyfriend's apartment does have termites. <laughs> Kathy, as always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Always uh, fun to come in. Always good to have you for the meaty, lot of, lots of breakdown episodes. <laughs> Please let my audience know where they can find you. Enjoy your content. Uh, update them on all your uh, projects you're working on. Yes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kathy Kelly, on TikTok at It's Kathy Kelly. Um, and I do have some announcements coming soon, so I'll have to come back when All I right. Them. We'll come back when yeah. uh, you do that. We have a whole <laughs> season of Paradise coming, which you will be invited to recap. Uh, a beautiful shit show, I hope. Uh, oh, I hear it's a mess. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I hear it's a mess. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget, Nate is with us on Thursday and the update episode that you've all been waiting for, all things Ask Nick, Toxing Office Hours, our Ask Nick updates, that will be on Friday. So four episodes for you this week. Uh, be sure to uh, tune them in. The Nate one, like I said, he made me cry. It's, what a guy. It's a, it's a hell of an episode. It's a hell of an episode. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of discourse. After. <laughs> Hi. 